Hey, Graphic Audio fans, this is Dwayne Beeman with this week's Pick of the Week. My pick this week is the first book of the latest series from sci-fi author Mike Cole, The Reawakening Trilogy Number 1, Gemini Cell. This book and series serves as a prequel of sorts to Cole's Shadow Ops series. However, we are introduced to a brand new story and circumstances with this book. Jim Schweitzer is a U.S. Navy SEAL who is very proficient in his job, professional and precise. He is part of an elite team of SEALs. Unfortunately, Jim's team goes on a raid as part of a mission, and everything that can go wrong does. Jim literally finds trouble at his doorstep, and he, his wife, and son are in danger. It is a danger that Jim doesn't survive. But thanks to magic, Jim is brought back to life by a sorcerer who has paired him with a psychic and spiritual companion. Jim now finds himself with superpowers and becomes the latest member of the government's top secret and experimental reanimation project named Gemini Cell. Jim now leads the fight against the forces who uses magic to attack our country, including the same forces who attacked his family. Will Jim be able to use his powers to help mankind while getting to the bottom of what happened to his family? You're gonna have to get the book to find out. Kudos to Mike Cole. When you have a successful series such as the Shadow Ops series, sometimes it's hard to follow up on that success. Cole, however, has followed up in spades, with many people feeling that this book has surpassed the Shadow Ops books. Ken Action Jackson returns to direct this latest series, and he is teamed with a newcomer sound designer, McCubbin Owens, who immediately puts his stamp on the book by giving us great sound design. Ken does his magic by pulling great performances from Nick DePinto, Alyssa Wilmoth, Andy Brownstein, Christopher Walker, Andy Clemens, and Tony Nam, among others. If you are a fan of the Shadow Ops series, this title will be a no-brainer. However, if you haven't given Cole's work a chance, this will be a great title to get acclimated to him and enjoy some great graphic audio goodness. So, go out and get Gemini Cell today. Let's listen to a clip of Graphic Audio's production of Mike Cole's The Reawakening Trilogy Number 1, Gemini Cell. Eldridge and Jaweed accompanied Schweitzer and Anip all the way to the Globemaster. The ramp was already down, exposing a cavernous interior, Ninip's twisted vision turning the shadows into crawling ghosts bent on murder. The plane grew as they approached. A soldier waited for them beside the aircraft, what looked like a fighter's pilot helmet tucked under his arm. He passed it to Eldridge, then walked off into the darkness without a word. Eldridge raised it up. May I? What's this? It looks like it's made of cardboard. Jaweed leaned in close to Eldridge to translate Schweitzer's message. It's not for protection. There will be personnel on site who aren't privy to the specifics of this program, and we prefer to keep your identity hidden. You don't care if they know who I am, you care if they know what I am. Again, Jaweed relayed the message. You really are extraordinary. Yes, that's right. The lore of media exposure is too much for many. Uh, do you remember when Bin Laden was killed and the SEAL who shot him wrote an unauthorized tell-all? Schweitzer remembered. The cold anger it kindled in him, alerting Ninip, and the Jinn began his usual dig into Schweitzer's memories to bring himself up to speed on the subject. The Gemini cell operates as well as it does because of strict secrecy. We can't risk that sort of thing here. You keep this on the entire time you're there. They can speculate as much as they like, but there's no need to give them evidence. What if people talk to me? You can manage monosyllables, leave the rest to us. Schweitzer nodded and slipped the helmet on. 
Eldridge reached in and snapped connecting tabs from the helmet's lower edge into the collar of his armor. The visor was tinted one way. Schweitzer could see out easily, but the surface would show only darkness to anyone looking in. Eldridge stood back, hands on his hips, surveying his work. Does it make me look fat? Eldridge leaned in, slapping a patch against the Velcro surface on Schweitzer's shoulder. <laughs> it makes you look terrifying, which is the desired effect. Schweitzer looked down, seeing a subdued American flag shrouded in the gloom. And that should at least take the edge off. Let's get you to work. Schweitzer was surprised when Jawid and Eldridge headed up the ramp along with them. You're coming with me? Of course. You are our most independent subject. We need to be on hand to help you. Before them was a huge steel cage in the center of the enormous and empty interior. Ten men surrounded it, fire axes held casually over shoulders or head down on the deck plates. No flamethrowers. They don't want to risk fire while we're in the air. They were decked out in armor that looked straight out of a documentary on the Middle Ages. Thick leather riveted under steel plates. Anip looked at them eagerly, and Schweitzer could feel his sense of recognition. Warriors with hand-to-hand -hand weapons and metal armor? This was the world the Jinn knew. Only ten? That is no challenge. Schweitzer agreed. Even if they'd filled the hold with guards, Schweitzer would have given himself and Nanip even odds of taking them apart. Jawid stiffened as he felt Nanip's mood, nodded to Eldridge, who smiled at Schweitzer. I'd keep Nanip in check. The pilots of this aircraft have orders to scuttle at the moment they get word of a struggle back here. There are no parachutes on board. None of us want to die, Jim. But we are every bit as willing to give our lives for our country as you were when you lived. Remember that. Jawid looked pale, but the Axemen's and Eldridge's faces were utterly committed. Schweitzer projected an image to Nanip of the plane slamming into the earth and exploding into flame, or their shared body vaporizing, the storm of souls opening up to receive them. <sighs> Eldridge gestured to the cage. Now, for your own safety, please. As Schweitzer and Nanip approached the back of the cage, Schweitzer saw a small wooden stool piled high with books. At the top of the stack was a thick volume with a frayed dust jacket, showing a group of women in hoop skirts gathered around a piano. Oh, Nanip, have I got a treat for you. Nanip was through before Schweitzer had finished the first chapter. Tedium. They are women without money. Their parents should have sold them to the priest. They could have served the fertility goddess. Instead, they bemoan Christ. Christmas presents. They want to buy Christmas presents for their mother. Why would anyone want to hear about peasant women? You people are mad. This is widely considered one of the great American novels. You should be more respectful. You should take care. I'm a lord. Yeah, you keep saying that. Schweitzer went on reading, Inip's mood gradually receding as he found his rhythm in the prose. The truth was that he didn't like the book much more than Inip did, but his mother had forced him to read it before she agreed to let him join the Navy. It had been agony, but he loved his mother, and in retrospect, a part of him knew that she was dying, so he read it cover to cover. He remembered Sarah's expression changing when he told her he'd read it, the dawning interest behind her eyes. I know you were a king and a god or whatever, but you had a family of your own. Why can't you even begin to wrap your head around this stuff? Didn't you have a wife? Several. All right. Uh, well, what about a favorite? <sighs> yes, there was one. Schweitzer thought of the woman in the braided wig, bending over Nanip as his son fed him the poisoned fig. Well, what happened to her? She would have married my son. Or he would have killed her. It doesn't matter. That is all beyond us now. Schweitzer thought of the Jinn's animal bloodlust 
tried to square that with the grief he sensed from Nanib now. You were a man once. What happened to you? He could feel the presence fixing its eyes on him. You have no idea how long I drifted in the soul storm. You cannot fathom the weight of all those years. It stripped everything. It is coldness, blackness, it is isolation. It is endless death without even the shadow of life. There were men in my time who became enamored of the plant of joy, smoking the dried pods to the exclusion of all else, choosing delirium and dreams over their wives and children, over their lords and oaths. They became the husks of men, little more than animals. We call it heroin. Whatever you call it, it steals men's hearts, drives them like cattle. Blood is the pulse of life. You do not realize that it drives you with an even greater force than this heroin. In life, you never think on it. It is not until death and the freezing darkness of the void that you realize how much you cherished it. And that's why you kill? Because you want blood? I told you, killing is still life. But it is more than that. Remember your... What is that story about the step count who drinks blood? Dracula? You're saying you're a vampire? No, not like in that story, but I can understand. When you cannot have a thing, sometimes you hunger for it anyway. The closeness of it, the taste of it, the feel of its heat. It is a pale reflection of the truth, but the reflection is better than darkness. That's not all, is it? There is vengeance. Vengeance? For what? I do not live. Why should they? You can't kill everyone, Nanib. Not now. Not yet. If you enjoyed the clip of the Reawakening Trilogy number one, Gemini Cell, you can purchase this title right here on our website www.graphicaudio.net The book is available in all download formats MP3, M4B, and FLAC as well as audio CD format Plus, you can listen to your downloads anytime, anywhere with our free Graphic Audio Access app available for Apple and Android devices Be back soon as I'll have another pick of the week for you Until then, peace Peace